Awesome. So we're going to go ahead and get started with everything. It's four o'clock. Um, all right, everybody, welcome to another week of Rocket X Society. Uh, as you guys know, every week we're going to be covering different subjects, uh, ranging from operations, business, sales, marketing. Uh, we will have some special guests on here and there. Uh, but today is probably one of the most important meetings that we're going to have, right? And that's really understanding your 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 profit and loss statement and understanding your financials and also understanding, you know, industry benchmarks that we should be looking for and stuff that we're able to catch, right? If, once you start understanding what benchmarks you're supposed to be looking at or what you're looking at on your P&L, you should you'd be able to find out exactly where you're bleeding or, hey, I am winning here. Let's double down on this or whatever those situations are. Uh, but the main thing is understanding your P&L because most of you guys get your P&L. You look at it, you're like, oh, what's on the top? What's on the bottom? And then you don't really care what's in between. And realistically, what's in between is what's going to drive your business to head in the direction you want it to go. You know, are you overpaying on labor? Are you overpaying on materials? You know, is our is our commissions too high? Is our, our pricing too low? And your P&L is going to pretty much tell you everything you need to know about uh, about your business and what's going on. It's, it's going to be the, the pulse of the business in, in reality. Uh, one thing that we always stress upon at, at Profit Rocket is making sure you have timely financials uh, because having financials and you're, you know, you get them two or three months down the road, that doesn't help you. You can't pivot. You can't change. The game's already over. So if you guys don't have current and accurate financials, that's a that's the number one thing I'd be focusing on heading into 2024 is making sure your financials are in order real time. And then you also understand what to do with them, right? Getting your numbers and understanding what to do with it is not going to help anything. Uh, so with that said, I, I did bring in Michelle. Uh, Michelle is my business partner over at Profit Rocket. She's our uh, business coach. Uh, she also helps on our financial side. She's been a big part of every business that I've been a part of. Um, and obviously, she has a, a very immense background in understanding the financials, understanding the key KPIs that are going to drive your business. So I am going to have her kind of take over a little bit. I know she, I know we have some, you know, some uh, P&L stuff that we're going to go through, uh, but I'll let her take over. Michelle, welcome uh, to Rocket X Society. Hey guys, so to Victor's point, understanding your financials is everything. Like if you don't have financials, if you have no idea how your business is doing, why are you doing anything? And <laughs> you shouldn't be in business, truthfully, because if you're not, if you don't know if you're winning or losing, you're probably losing. Um, and sadly, so many of us fly blind and have no idea that that's even a thing or the case at all. So Obviously, I could talk about financials until the end of time because it's something I'm very passionate about, but just so you understand, I wasn't always that passionate about knowing your numbers and operating based upon fact, not feeling, and really focused on financials in the business. Um, truly, that pivoted for me when I understood that everything that we do in business and the entire foundation of our business all is very, is so closely connected to where we stand financially and really understanding what's happening in our business. Um, so no matter what we're selling, no matter how we're selling it, who's selling it, you know, what we're, what services we're providing, um, how well we're operating, um, you know, all of the other details of business, it all comes down to tracking the financials to ensure that you're profitable and ensure that you're efficient and ensure that you're successful as you scale your business and and or, you know, being at the point of of going to market. So um, we've done, we've gone over in the past, you know, in different webinars and stuff, uh, uh, profit and loss statements, understanding financials, or, and even those people on who are clients of mine, 
Uh, but I, but I really think that, you know, this is something you don't learn overnight. And if you hear it once, you hear it twice, it, you know, that it doesn't mean you're going to be an expert at it. Um, you know, we, I really got to know this stuff like the back of my hand by, you know, experiencing it and hearing it all of the time and having it be into my head. So even if you think, you know, um, just track along with us because, um, there could be something that you'll pick up today that you may not have realized in the past. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. This is just a sample profit and loss statement. I intentionally chose one that is not perfectly set up and that does not hit all the metrics because if I'm showing you perf perfection all the time, like how are you really going to learn or compare to your own business? It's not very realistic at that point. Okay. So we'll kind of go over the chart of accounts, benchmarks, and some notes. Um, I will make this a little bit bigger. Can everyone see? Yeah. Okay, good. All right. So... Number one, and I see this all the time, is sales, okay? Income, sales don't equal income. So if you have sales on your profit and loss statement, you're already losing, okay? Because sales don't mean dollars. They're hypothetical monies that have not been actually invoiced or collected on. So you should never have sales listed ever. And this should be broken out by department, okay? So no matter what vertical of home services that you're in, you should have it be broken out by the major departments within your organization, okay? And never have sales on your profit and loss statement because truthfully, sales are not revenue dollars, okay? So pay attention when it says income because income means revenue dollars and sales are not revenue dollars, okay? Um, next up is cost of goods sold. So this is direct expenses associated with providing the services you are providing. That's all cost of goods sold are, or, or also known as COGS. Now it's really important that these be broken out by department. So in this example, they're not broken out by department, they're all lumped together. In fact, they're lumped together with direct labor, subcontractors, so on and so forth. And I, and in the, for those of you who are Blueprint members, in the Blueprint, we do have um, an example chart of accounts that you can copy paste in basically into your QuickBooks, um, or you can actually use RocketBooks to have it set up correctly for you if you don't want to go through and set it up. But you really want to be able to see these by department. Why? The reason why is because you want to be able to see what the gross profit of each department is within your business. When you can see the gross profit, it helps you to understand the depart if the department is winning or losing, right? Um, and that's important because as we scale our businesses, a lot of times we try to add different verticals into the business. So HVAC, we'll try to add plumbing, plumbing, we try to add HVAC. Now, if it's not broken out and you're bleeding and you can't identify where you're bleeding, then what do you do, right? You go bankrupt. So it's important to have everything on your profit and loss statement and in your chart of accounts, which for those of you who do not know, um, when I say chart of accounts, that is this, that, that is how your profit and loss statement is set up. Okay. Um, so in your chart of accounts, um, you want it to be broken out as much as possible because then it helps you to readily identify a bleed 
and pinpoint exactly where it's coming from and also tells you how profitable each apartment is or isn't. Now, in this example, like I said, it's all lumped together, but your, your benchmark for um, cost of goods sold is tw under 25%. Now, that's, in, that's for your direct materials, ex, uh, equipment, uh, parts. Um, and if it's broken out by different departments, it would be the totality of those numbers added together. Okay. So as you can see here, they're at almost 41%, which is astronomical. That's way too high. Like you would, you, you're not making money if you're at 41% for your materials and equipment. Now, there's a lot of reasons why that could be. And through coaching and through Profit Rocket, um, the blueprint, we really dive into all of those reasons and help you identify the exact cause. But generally, there's generally speaking, there's three. Um, direct labor is 20%, under 20%. So that includes sales, your service, your install, plumbing, whatever departments you have all together, any direct labor associated with performing the job or selling the job would be above the line in cost of goods sold. Um, and those, like I said, are total should total under 20%. Another thing we're looking at is subcontractors. Now I made a notation on this because I never like to see subcontractors exceed 2%. Why? Well, the reason why specifically is because if we have too high of subcontractors, it's we have a major problem, right? One, we're either subbing out a lot of a lot, a lot of work, um, which we could bring in-house, or it would be more of a direct labor expense. Like let's say you sub out all of your duct work um, so that your team can do be very intentional and do all of the hard work and you sub it out to, you know, chuck chuck in a truck down the street however that works out, um, or you are, um, your guys are making a lot of mistakes, right? We're paying for a lot of drywall. We're paying for a lot of electrical. We're paying for a lot of this, that, and the next thing. Um, so you pay attention to that number. And when you notice that it's starting to climb up, you know, five, six, seven, even 10%, I've seen it all. You have to figure out why you're using so many subcontractors. And if the cost outweighs bringing somebody in like like if you were to bring in and I had a client once who was spending a fortune on electrical right it was just part of the service that they provided specifically so we noted so I told them you know your subcontractor cost is way too high and when we did the math we figured out it'd be cheaper to bring an ele um, electrician actually on staff than to pay the high rates that were determined by the subcontractors so just pay attention to that um, and ask yourself why now, a lot of times, the reason why I'm focused on this is a lot of times, you know, we're like, oh, it's only 5%. Who cares? Um, well, it matters because as you'll notice, as you go down the profit and loss statement, um, and you compare yourself to the industry benchmarks that I have listed, um, you know, two points here, five points there, you know, 10 points there, it all adds up to percentages that are not going to the bottom line. So while 2% or 3 or 4% may not be a big deal to you, if you're adding them all together, you're, you're ending up with 10 points, 15 points, 20 points, whatever it is that are not going to your bottom line. And 
we don't care about what this total revenue that we've generated is. The only number you should care about is our net profit. Okay. So if we're doing all this work and we're making no money, what are we doing? Right. Oops. Okay. Next up is your uh, gross profit. Gross profit, we want to be at 55 to 60%. Okay. So gross profit is nothing more than income, actually invoice revenues minus direct expenses. Okay. That's your gross profit, also known as the line people talk about. So you, the higher the gross profit, the more you're setting yourself up for success. And I say that because below the line is your overhead expenses, is the total of your overhead expenses. Now, this is the closest thing that you're ever going to have in your business to a fixed cost. Is it fixed? No, 100% no. Is it, can it fluctuate? Can you make mistakes? Can it exceed what it's supposed to? 100%. Will it slightly increase and decrease, you know, depending on seasons? Yes. Will it increase as we're scaling and adding on, you know, as we're scaling our business and adding on new expenses, um, sometimes temporarily or in a specific month for ramp up? Yes. But if we think about it just as a whole in totality, taking out every last possible little factor, the higher the gross profit, the higher chances that you're going to be successful at the bottom of your, at the bottom of, or uh, at the end of the day. So your net profit. Okay. Next up is advertising and marketing. Now, one thing that's huge is we really want to have our marketing and advertising broken out. Like this, this tells me, jack shit excuse my language but it tells me nothing okay and i really harp on all my clients about this because um if you're just lumping all your marketing costs into one what is that going to tell you when you look back historically right nothing now granted we should be tracking on the side we should be tracking uh marketing rois um, so we should know how well our marketing is performing. But when I look back historically and I say, okay, in February of 22, I spent, you know, $70,000 or whatever it is. What did I spend it on? Well, what would this tell you? Nothing, right? I mean, this literally tells you nothing. So make sure that you break out all of your marketing as much as you can. That will be very helpful along with tracking um, return on investment for your marketing to help you make better decisions as you move forward. Some of you either are a new business and you're looking to scale your business, um, so you don't have a lot of historical data, or you are an older business and you're you're just kind of you know complacent and you may be looking to grow your business as well. Um, and make smarter decisions, become more profitable, whatever the case is. But you got to start creating historical trends uh, and tracking them. And you can't do that when we have everything just lumped together, right? I mean, do we have it, any, do we have any questions on this so far? Um, you guys can. I know we're sorry. Doing some I'll talking. just go on forever. Apologize. Yeah. No, so feel free to jump in here, guys. If you guys have any questions so far, um, you know, make sure to stop us because it can get can get a little overwhelming. Uh, but you guys understanding what she's saying here, right? Like it can't just be, I spent $70,000 on marketing. 
because like if I go to build my budget for 2024, which I hope you guys have already started building your budgets. And if you haven't, uh, we definitely need to talk. Uh, but we want to make sure we're building out our budgets. Right. And if I go in and I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend seventy thousand dollars in in December in marketing in 2024. Well, what's where are you going to spend that money, right? We want to know where we allocate it. And then we tie that back into obviously the ROI we got from those sources too. So if I spend $5,000 on Facebook ads, but I got $300,000 in return, I need to know that data historically. So I know going into 2024, I think I should, I should probably spend more money on Facebook because that was my biggest ROI. So um, are you guys catching that? Do you guys have any questions before we go forward with anything else? You just look good, Cody. You're just going to be there all looking good. <laughs> okay. So Joe, one... anybody, sorry. No, you're go right. ahead, Michelle. No, I was just going to say, so one thing I'll add on top of that is, um, so when we talk about, when we talk about budgeting and forecasting, we're setting based upon seasonality and historical trends, we're setting revenue goals per month, depending on what our, our, goal is for the entire year, right? So if we're hoping to grow from 3 million to 5 million, um, we're allocating the 5 million by month um, based upon what we've done historically, seasonally, average tickets, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, but we know for a fact, we're spending five to 6% on marketing every month, right? So as you're going to track your return on investment, even if you have historical information, when, you, when you're going into a new month, so let's say January, right? We're getting prepared for January at the end of this month, which is creeping up on us very quickly. And we know that our, our revenue goal is 500,000, right? So we say, okay, 5% of 500,000 is X. Now, what do I, where do I allocate X? Um, so you can look back. What did we do last January? Um, and that's a good jumping off point. Does that mean you still don't track daily marketing ROI? No, you have to still continue to do that, but it'll at least help you with the allocation of your marketing dollars. Um, and then you just pivot accordingly dependent on how it's performing. So that's clarifying that more um, even further than, than to Victor's point. Okay, next one is our um, total office payroll. I had to add this in here because they didn't have it grouped in. It was like just adding a million things all together, which you don't want to do. Break out office payroll, payroll expenses, payroll taxes, et cetera, et cetera, and lump those together. Don't try to throw in. They had uniforms and miscellaneous other things. We can add this into here. But ultimately, your KPI is under 10% there. Now, in this case, in looking at this company, so they're, you know, almost 7%, but they're like 6.5, right? So when I'm, when people ask me, when is it okay to hire somebody else for the office to help? Um, I make that decision based upon numbers, right? So if I know for a fact that my num my benchmark, I'm, I, I'm not hitting the benchmark, like I'm under the benchmark, which is great. And then in this instance, and then it starts dropping and dropping and dropping, then I know I have room to add on a different staff member, right? Now, who you hire and when you hire has to be very strategic, something I go over all the time with coaching. Um, don't just hire willy-nilly and 
And as I will continue preaching until the end of time, don't just hire a bunch of effing managers, please. But this kind, this is your indicator that you have room to be able to add on more staff as this number decreases. Are you, guys understanding, are you guys understanding what she's saying here? So obviously there's a benchmark KPI. And if you see on this, like if you guys are in the blueprint, you guys have access to this sheet, but you see how the, what the green number to the right is, obviously you want it to be less than, right? That number next to it, the 6.58 needs to be less than the 10%. So as you guys scale, now you guys have more room to de- uh, to wiggle with, with your office staff, right? I mean, obviously, it doesn't mean we want to go all the way to the ten percent unless we have to. You know, if you're if your if your team's running way too lean, right? You know, you have some space to add. Now, if you guys are getting close to that ten percent and you guys are overwhelmed, like we got to figure out something else, right? We can't add more staff to it because we're going to cut into the bottom line. Uh, does that make sense for you guys? Yeah, per- perfectly said, Victor. And also to add on to that, one thing before you, I preach all the time. One thing before you just hire. Um, because your team says they're overwhelmed and they're overworked and, you know, you're quote running too lean, make sure that you have a really good workflow, um, within your office and make sure you're analyzing that all the time. Because a lot of times you'll find that it's not that your team is just that overwhelmed. They're either not operating efficiently and, or you have multiple people doing the same person's job and it's causing a lot of noodling. Um, which is we did, which are the inefficiencies. We did have a question in the chat here from Derek Lee. Does Service Titan or Sarah track ROI from different marketing avenues, or I'll have to do it manually? Do this. Um, I I've been on both softwares, and even though Service Titan has their tracking, normally it's not really allocated properly. Um, and I found this over and over and over again. There's discrepancies in what's it saying in Service Titan and where the leads actually came from. Um, if you guys really want full transparency, the best marketing tracking you could possibly have, right? Like if you want to say, Hey, I want to make sure that I know exactly where every lead's coming from. Like, cause sometimes it came, it might've, they found you on Facebook, but then they went to Google. Now all of a sudden that it counts as a Google lead, right? Um, the best way to do that is, is a company called Searchlight. Um, a Searchlight is a, it's actually a partner of ours. So if you guys are in Rocket X Society, you guys are interested in, you guys would save money on it. Uh, I don't make anything from it, but it's the best marketing. It, it will track it. They, they put these little tracers and it tells you exactly where every lead originated from, where they originally found you. And it has its own tracking and data. And that's the best way to get real, real-time tracking on your digital marketing. Um, but, you know, no matter what, I always say you want to, man, you're going to have to manually do it or, or ta- ideally task somebody on your staff, maybe your call center rep or whoever it is. To manually track it daily because the service type one and any of them they're, they're pretty much they, they're good it looks decent but then it doesn't at the end of the day it's really not giving you the full data that you need so uh, with that Derek I would say tracking it yourself or having a staff member track it uh, is going to be the best way now service Titan for sure has a better tracking than what Sarah would have on it so yeah Derek and I'll add on there too is that a lot of the issues that contractors run into and and are blind to is one, the human error aspect of it. Um, not just the manual tracking, but just in your CRM, right? Um, having re- repeat customer, return customer should not be an option. That should not be a campaign within your software, period. Um, because what does repeat customer tell me or return customer tell me? It tells me jack shit. So again, 
I would ask and encourage your team to ask the customer. I see that you have used us in the past. Thank you so much for your loyalty. May I ask where you found our number today? Right. And unless they're saying it's saved in my phone, which I guarantee you like 1% are going to say that, um, you, you know, then you're going to actually find out where it, it derived from. You can also look historically at where it derived from as well, but making sure that it is so important that your team is asking those questions and verifying that the campaign that's populating is actually correct is really, really important to you having the best idea of what you're getting the best return on investment from. Um, and if you're manually tracking it, which I do recommend also, um, you're going to be a lot more invested in the accuracy of it. You're going to pay a lot more attention to the accuracy of it. And then you're going to ensure that your team's doing their job to get those answers. Return return customer, ne you should never have that in there. Ever, ever, ever. It tells you literally nothing. Um, and if we don't, and you pitch it to your team by, you know, explaining to them, if we're if we're throwing away tons of marketing dollars because we don't know where we what's actually working because you're not tracking it, we're wasting money that could be invested back into you guys, right? Back into the company, back into raises, um, parties, this, that, and the next thing, whatever. But somebody's got to be tracking it. And if you are not going to manually track it, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you take the service Titan campaign revenue by campaign report and you compare it to the back end of your marketing platforms, right? So if Google says it produced X amount of leads and Service Titan says a hundred less, you have a problem, right? So you gotta, you might as well be manually tracking a lot of it because you ultimately have to check, check, triple check. And unfortunately there's no this is great that there's a software that does it. And I highly recommend you look into that. I, I certainly need to, um, but you know, their mark marketing campaign tracking, um, and the return on investment is very, is one of the biggest hiccups and it's the hardest things to track because there's so many touches and a lot of human error. So I would definitely recommend that you put in your operations and SOPs where customer service is asking, dispatch is verifying, service technicians are verifying, salespeople are verifying so that you're having so many people just double checking thing and, you know, wording it to the customer. Who can I thank for your call today? Whatever you can do to not irritate them, but that you actually have the best accuracy possible. Okay. And if you guys, and if you guys are looking at this also, the, you know, circling back, right? You guys are probably looking at this advertising thing and you see the the key KPI we're looking at right here because everyone always like, how much money should I be spending on advertising, right? And if you guys are looking on here, the industry benchmark you're aiming for is five to 6%. Um, and the reason obviously we're looking, we want to control marketing. A lot of you guys, you know, most of your most of your issues you run into, and I've been there as well, is that you're not tracking the market. You're not watching it as a total percentage. That's because you didn't put a budget in place so what happens when you don't put a budget in place, you're you're just aiming at a hypothetical number that you're making up in your head and you're not able to operate off a percentage. So if you're looking at this right here, right, we want to stay within this percentage. Some of you guys, when you come to us and, and we start doing coaching and I do a financial review and or my team does, right, we look at it, you guys are at 14, 15, something guys 20% on marketing. 
And yes. that comes from that comes from the lack of tracking, the lack of understanding where your needs are coming from, and then also lack un, lack of understanding your guys' closing percentage and booking percentage. Um, so you know, all those things all tie back into it. So if you if you're spending on those leads and also not my my percentage is going high, there's usually you know, you have reason behind that, right? Well, maybe we're not answering and booking the calls, or maybe, you know, there's there's a lot of different reasons that can go into it and we can go into detail on it, but we want to make sure we're controlling this number. Now, yeah. if you're in a if you're in growth mode, right, and you go to like you know seven or eight percent or whatever, okay, that's not crazy. But now, if we're pushing 15 percent, there's there's a major business issue going on yeah. that's causing this. Maybe you're trying to grow too fast, you're forcing something that's not there, you're not booking the leads correctly. Maybe your marketing company is failing you. There, there's something. Perhaps, there's usually an operational issue problem. So. Uh, if you guys are looking at your P&Ls, and like I said, I've never seen any of you guys' P&Ls. And like I said, everybody in this group gets a free financial review with my with my accounting team. So if you guys haven't taken advantage of it, please do. So we want to get it, we want to get ahead of this because you know, you know, four, four to six points is, is a good amount. But now if I add three, four, five, ten, you know, get up to 15%, 10%, that's some of your guys that hold net profit, right? Like you guys might not have nothing left at the end of the month. And that's yes. the reason is because you're you're spending it on marketing. So this is where I bled the most as a business owner, uh, especially when I was in my ego growth mode, right? Like <laughs> I was spending, I was spending like crazy and I didn't realize why I had no money. And like, Oh, well, the revenue is great. Right. And that's why they say, you know, you know, revenue is van or vanity and profits are sanity. Right. So like, yeah, the yeah. revenue is going up because I'm spending so much money on marketing, but at the end of the day, there was nothing left over. So if this is what's going on in your guys' business, we gotta, we gotta get a, we gotta get a, you know, handle on it quickly. Yeah, but normally that's where one of the biggest losses we'll see is right there in that advertising percentage. And that's usually where we can fix, you know, fix that quickly by, you know, maybe changing our, our marketing sources and how we advertise, reactivating our own customer list, going after the low hanging fruit, you know, getting involved in your community, things that don't cost you as much money. They're going to drive revenue and keep that marketing spend low. So we can have, uh, we had a good conversation about this last week on the call. If you guys didn't see the video, you guys can watch the marketing stuff back. Uh, but let's make sure we're watching that number. And if it's if your number is going way above ten percent, you're 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 operating in your ego. You're not operating on, as, as a business. And you're literally throwing your money in this uh, in an incinerator. Like it's not doing you any good. And the same thing goes for direct labor, for office labor, for uh, marketing. They're all things that people throw money at. They're all problems that people throw money at and it's just throwing money away. It's throwing it right down the drain because if you don't fix the operational issue, um, you're literally just blowing your net profit. So um, those are huge, huge things that people waste money on all the time, especially marketing. Like it's ridiculous what we see. Um, okay. So we went over that. Now, all of, obviously we want everything else to be broken out. Um, you know, in detail as much as possible. Um, like I said, in the blueprint, there's a, there is an even better way to break a lot of this out to where it's lumped together better, which is really important because ultimately all of these are, you know, minimal, very, very minimal costs, minimal percentages. But when we see them, like when we see them lumped together, bigger picture, it gives you a better idea. Now, none of these are, you know, they should all be 1% or under. So it's nothing to really focus too much time or energy on. Um, we'll go into fleet costs. First of all, let's also, know let's, also, let's also talk about that, Michelle, and, and why you, you know, a lot of people get their P&L, but they don't break it down and buy a percentage. You guys see like, you know, they, they seem like small little percentages, right? But, you know, you only get 100% of a pie. 
And the reason we want to look at a P&L, we want to have it broken down in percentages, right, is obviously to understand where where each piece of our pie is going, because you only got 100. You got 100 pieces, and, and we got to figure out how to, you know, obviously cut those where we have 25 pieces left, right? Like, ideally, I want 25 pieces of my pie left at the end of the month. And if I don't have 25 pieces left, I need to go through each one of these pieces and figure out how I can move those from from spent, you know, from expenses to to profit. Um, so that's why we break it down. If your P&Ls aren't broken down by a percentage, you don't know where those little needles you can move, right? This right here, each one of these is what you attack every day as an operator. You need to attack each one of these little weaknesses and get those pie, that piece of pie back into your mouth rather than, rather than going out to somebody else. Yeah. And you'll notice that in everything I've said so far today, I have never one time brought up the dollars, the dollar amount, because it's irrelevant. It's all about percentages, Right which is why if you're in QuickBooks, we run P&L by percentage of income. Now, be mindful that because, especially in the cost of goods sold, so everything above the line, be mindful it's giving you a percentage of total income. So it, when your revenue is broken out by department, which it should be, and not like in this instance, but your let's say you found a bleed in your cost of goods sold, right? by by a department then you have to figure out how big the bleed is by actually taking the number and dividing it by the revenue generated by that specific department right because yes it is 25 percent or under of the total income but when we're really trying to figure out and get down to the nitty-gritty of how bad something is when we pinpoint a bleed and you know what we can do to fix it where we have to be able to actually figure out what percentage of the revenue that that department is actually generating. Okay. Um, and I never focus on the dollar amounts. I focus on percentages, which is why you keep hearing me talk about percentages and not about the dollar amounts, which is why when my clients say, what dollar amount should I spend on marketing, you know, this month, or I'm going to spend, and I'm sure I've said this to Joe, actually, I kind of remember saying it to Joe once I said, Joe, um, did you get your marketing budget set? He said, um, yeah, no, not yet. But I think I'm going to spend like $10,000 or whatever random number he gave me. I said, where'd you come up with that from? He's like, um, I don't know. Well, it just sounded good or whatever. And I was like, uh, no, 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 no. Hand slap. So now Joe knows that he takes his revenue goal and he figures out what 5% of that is. And that's his marketing budget. So um, to Victor's point, we're only focused on percentages and meeting our benchmarks. So when we talk about fleet costs, um, this is a big one too. I want this to be under 3%. And this would include your gas. This would include any vehicle maintenance, um, insurances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, notice here that it says vehicle loan payments, okay? Loans don't go on the profit and loss statement. Leases do. What goes on the profit and loss statement is your, if for a vehicle loan, is the interest. And that would not be lumped into this specific category, okay? Um, that'd be lower down in interest. But I, right off the bat, I noticed this, and and when I reviewed this, this financial statement uh, for a client and said, hey, like, why is the loan payment on here? That would That should go on the balance sheet, um, and go against the principal. Okay. So only interest there, but you want to watch this number and it's really important. Why do you want to watch it? Well, one, because this right here, fuel, 
is a huge issue in a lot of businesses and we fly blind to it. Back in the day, years ago, I remember looking at Victor's profit and loss statement. Um, I saw the fuel. I said, what the fuck, right? How often are we? Re are you reviewing your, your reports from your gas company? Like, oh, uh, never, right? So I said, okay, we're going to do that. And guess what we found? Same trucks were being filled up in the morning and in the afternoon, which with one call on the schedule or whatever, right? Which told us that they're filling up their personal vehicle one of those times and then their work vehicle later in the afternoon, right? So you got to watch this number. Three points, like I said, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it can creep up very quickly on you, especially three three points is like in totality of the entire year, right? In high revenue producing months, I would expect this to be 1% or under, right? Because you're generating so much top line revenue that the percentage of the percentage of revenue should be so minimal, okay? But when you notice that your revenue's way down and the fuel's way up, and I highly doubt your your team's going out and handing flyers door to door to door to door, right? Be very careful. Pull the, you need to have a way to actually track and control gas. Um, like having gas cards is very, very important and monitoring the fill-ups, the reports from the gas company is really important. Um, okay, now we have like dues and subscriptions. So our business software, CRMs, et cetera, again, under a percentage is fine. A percentage is fine. That doesn't, none of this is very alarming. If we're outsourcing any of our, our answering call center, things like that, Everything should be all under a percentage. Um, office supplies and stuff all under a percentage. Now, if you know that you are having a low revenue month, you really want to make sure that you're cutting off excess spending because you got to preserve as much cash as possible. That's going to be really, really important. Um, again, pulling out uh, travel, meals and entertainment, et cetera, very important. Now, it's very important for you to to you to actually pull out um, meals and entertainment from in traveling and meals and entertainment locally because there's a different percentage of write-off on that. So you want to make sure that you're tracking those individually. One is 100% write-off, one is 50%. So it's very important that those are tracked um, and that you're not just lumping it all together and probably only getting a 50% write-off on that. Again, under a percentage, all of this is fine. Um, be mindful too also about any cell phones, iPads, all of that, the supplies that you're giving your technicians, especially as you scale, that can very easily get out of control. A million years ago, we had, to my point about the fuel, the same thing happened with Victor's company where we found out we had like 15 or extra iPads, all these extra phone lines. Nobody was reusing them. We're still paying for them and we're ordering new ones for the new technicians. So that's just money that we're wasting. And if nobody's watching it, you know, it's just going down the drain. So when you're a small company, it may not feel like these things matter, but if you get in the mindset to where they matter now, as you scale, you'll save yourself tons of money.
total expenses, your metric there is under 30%, right? This is the overhead expenses in, to in total, all indirect expenses associated with doing business. Um, like I said, this is the closest thing to a fixed cost. It's not fixed, but we can pretty much expect 30% or under every month if we're monitoring everything, right? This is beautiful. It's way under 30%. So they're obviously operating from um, an internal operation, um, very lean, which is great. Really, really great. Um, you do not want this to exceed 30%. So like I said, gross profit, the higher the gross profit, the higher the net profit. Um, think about it this way. We have 55% minus 30. That's going to put us at 25% at the bottom line. We have 60 minus 30% is going to put us at 30% at the bottom line. So you want to really drive that gross profit number and then really focus on keeping, con keeping your expenses under control. And then again, your goal here for net profit is 25 to 30%. They're hitting 20%, um, which is why I got a light red and not a dark red because it's not terrible. It's not the benchmark that we want. Um, but in the years where you're really scaling your business and you're not hitting 30%, but you're still hitting like 20% because this was an entire year, that's a very, very decent net profit to hit you know, when you're going through a lot of growth. Um, but you're really, if you're aiming for 30 and you hit 20 at the end of the year, um, you know, I'm happy with that. But definitely don't aim for 20 and hit negative five, okay? Because um, you, then you did all that year's worth of work for literally no reason and you're pulling your hair out and you got a million wrinkles. So I, yeah, I got the wrinkles for that. But um, keeping hey, it real. I, have, I, have, I, have a, I have a question here from Greg. Uh, say, for example, if a small company like myself is only doing marketing, such as rocket marketing, you still want to ask the customer where they found you to keep track of where it's coming from? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, just because you're only doing like, I want to know if I, if it's, if it's, I want to know if it was a referral, right? Or if I want to know if maybe I was out in a community and I, you know, maybe I was in a, like a, some kind of, I don't know, uh, a trade show or something like that or whatever it was. And I put out and gave out a business card or whatever it is. I want to know where the leads are coming from. Because maybe that's yeah. working. Maybe my guy, maybe my guys are putting stickers on equipment. Is that working? Perfect. Like all, you should always know where your leads coming are coming from. It doesn't matter what you're spending on. But now, like, if I know, like, hey, every time I go to a, a community event and I put my name out there, I get leads. Okay, perfect. Well, I should probably go do that again next year, right? Should I go? Should I go back to that that home show? Well, based on the amount of number, amount of money I spent on that home show, right, and then on the amount of time, money, and you know, whatever, and then based on how many return, how many actual leads I got, yes, I should invest in that again. So stuff like that, yeah, you do want to know where the leads are coming from at all times. Yeah, I mean, and we, we do have we do have some scripts, some call scripts, obviously inside the blueprint. Uh, we can we can share with you guys on how we answer our phones, but we answer our phones the same way whether whether we're small or big. It doesn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't change. No. And I mean, even, even, you know, profit rocket, like we get our leads such as you guys from a lot of different, from a lot of different places, right? If I'm on a podcast and then I have five people hit me up for business coaching, which happens, you know, then I want to know 
you know, okay, maybe I should make time out of my schedule and be on more podcasts. It, the same thing goes for us. It, it's with any business, right? Um, so we never, even even ourselves, we're never like, oh, okay, well, Victor posted, so the lead must have come from there, right? You never want to assume that. And also just really understanding because just because you're using that marketing and they're saying, okay, we sent out all direct mail for you, um, they could have still Googled you or or if they Googled you and it's popping up as Google, but they really Googled the number because they saw your direct mail originally. I want to know that, right? So you got to ask the question. And also as, listen, and I, and Joe, like, I'm sorry to put you on the spot again, but I told Joe this when we first started coaching, if you continue thinking like a small guy, you will never become a big guy ever. Like you cannot operate like you're a small company other than your spending and stuff. Like you can't operate with the mindset that, oh, we're small. So we don't have to do X. Because how are you ever going to set yourself up to do that when you get bigger, right? And as Victor found out the hard way years ago, more money, more problems, right? So you want to fix these things and start doing them habitually prior to you actually scaling your company. Um, so stop thinking small and start think and think about where you need to be and what it's going to take to get you to where you want to go. It's the same thing as pricing yourself, right? Like if you price yourself as a tiny guy and you got no overhead, you don't price yourself on, you know, so if you want to become a $5 million business, you need to price yourself as a $5 million business. And then you'll able to, then you'll have the actual capital to get to grow where you want to go. So 100%. always think, always think of where you want to be, not where you are. And, you know, I hear, you know, when I hear someone say, well, we're a small guy, well, I, I guarantee that mindset's going to be there. I can tell you from day one, I said, I wanted to be the biggest company in my market. And that was day one. That's how I thought. So if we really want to open up your mind and really start thinking differently, you have to change your own thinking because that's what's going to kick you. That's going to kick your ass, right? And, and your operation. Just think, and your operation. So I'm going to open up a little bit for some questions so far. I hope this has been uh, helpful. Um, I will, we will send you guys over a, our copy or a copy of this, like kind of a breakdown of a, of a, how a P&L should look. Uh, but you guys, does anybody have any questions? I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask questions. You got me and Michelle here. We're open uh, to talk. If you guys got anything you guys want to ask. I ended up getting the, uh, an invite from Jack, I believe for the financial analysis. Is this uh, going to be talking regarding all this on how to put it all together? Yeah. So with that, so Jack, he run, he's a, uh, he's the head of that department. So he, what he'll be, they'll do is we'll set up a, uh, we'll set up a call. They'll have you send over your current uh, PNL, your current uh, chart of accounts, your current balance sheet. And then what we'll do, we'll do a full review with it. And then we'll jump on with you and kind of go over some of the things that we're noticing within the business that, that are jumping out to us. Uh, yeah. What we found is mo most people, especially smaller guys are subbing out their, their bookkeeping work to, you know, accounting companies. Right. But they don't understand the trades. And they, that's how we end up with these lumped together numbers, right? So when you lump everything together, you don't know where to, where to fix the problem. Uh, so a lot of times what we do is obviously for our bookkeeping clients, we break it out, we departmentalize everything, we break it out so we know exactly where, where we're winning, where we're losing, and really have some real financial clarity. And then obviously every month we do a financial review with our customers to go over them so they understand where they're, where they're winning, where they're losing. And then obviously we give them pointers on what they can do to fix those problems. Uh, but if you guys do set up with Jack, like I said, it's just a free financial analysis at the end of it, you know, we're, at least you're going to know exactly where you stand. Are you doing well? You know, maybe you guys are already doing well and, and we're not going to have to give you any pointers, but from what we found is, you know, it seems like an industry wide issue 
is that nobody understands how to actually put these PLs together the right way. And then we're, then we're in, we're, we're, we're putting ourselves in a bad situation. And the number one way to, 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 you know, struggle in business is not have your numbers accurate on time and, you know, and understand those numbers. So um, yeah, being and, part of and being key point there, understand, understand your numbers. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that anybody can give you a P and L, right. But you know, if you don't know how to read it and you don't know what you're looking for, it's when it becomes an issue. Uh, Greg, after talking to your team like a month ago and learning what gross profit percentage should be at, I've dropped my percentage by, I've, or I've, I've added four to 5% to, to his profit margin. So, you know, these are little things, man, like this class, you guys joined in here is $97, but I, I think that just this class alone, if you guys can, you know, really take what we, what Michelle's won over today, this is something that can move a, a couple points, right? Like imagine 2% of 2% of a million dollars is a lot of money, right? And most of you guys are about a million, some are a little bit bigger, but you know, even if you move at 2%, that's 200 or not 200,000, it's two, or is that $20,000 off a million, right? That's just, that's $20,000 just on two percentage points. And that's on a million dollar business. And as you guys get to scale, right? And if you're at $5 million and you move at 2%, that's, you know, that's a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket. So this is why it's so important. So these little percentage where it says might be 0.25 and point whatever. Well, if I can get those to move in two points in one direction, that's a lot of money. And what would happen if you guys had, if you guys are a million dollar business, and you add an extra $20,000 to your business this year or an extra 40,000 or whatever that number might be. So it sounds like Greg added 4%. Well, if on a million dollars, that's $40,000 towards his bank account or to the growth of the business. So these little Great things job, do Greg. matter. Yeah. Great job on that. Anybody, any other questions on here? So far, we do got to wrap up here in a couple of minutes. Michelle's got to get off to uh, pick up her kids. Cody, you have any questions, buddy? Or are you just going to sit there and look good? Just sit here, bro. Hey, Vic, can you hear me? Who is this? I have a question. Hey. Go ahead. Um, I'm spending about $8,000 on Google Premium and another $1,500 on SEO. But I did it. I don't know, you know, if uh, which one is which one is working uh, better than the other. So your your marketing company should have tracking. If you're doing it yourself, you should have tracking number. So each marketing source that you do should have its own tracking number. Uh, and if you don't do that, then it's going to be really hard. But I don't know what call system you're using. I use CallRail. Yeah, we're on uh, yeah. CallRail. So call, so CallRail, you can create a new uh, number for each one, right? So you should have a number created for PPC, a number created for SEO, a number created for your GMB. So every different one, like your LSA should have its own number. So all of them should have their own tracking number. And then you know when it comes in where you can allocate that too, because you might be spending $8,000 on PPC, but really all your leads are coming from organic. Well, you just wasted eight grand. You didn't even know about it, right? And obviously I'm not saying that's, I'm not saying that's the truth. But it could be, right? You I I've you know, I had one month where we weren't we weren't tracking you, right? And my PPC bill all of a sudden it was like forty thousand dollars. Well, we were bidding on a keyword that had nothing to do with HVAC. We couldn't figure out why our phones were ringing all the time, and that no one brought it to my attention. And all of a sudden, at the end of the month, we spent forty grand. We got no leads from it. Almost so had an aneurysm. Really, yeah. So you got to really, you got to really, really think. You got to really, really track that. So I would, I would put an individual tracking number on every marketing source you do. If I put out a mailer, it should have a different uh, number than something else. Obviously, they all funnel into the same number, but now you can track it through CallRail, and then you can use that that data, and you put you plug that into your ROI tracking sheet. Uh, if you guys are on the blueprint, we do have an, a marketing ROI tracking uh, spreadsheet built out for you guys, so you guys have that in there. 
Uh, you guys also do have access to this PL and understanding the financial section as well. Uh, all this stuff, all this stuff is in here. I will send you, uh, if you guys are not on a blueprint, I'm still going to send you guys a copy of this one that you know Michelle has here. Uh, so you guys can have it. Um, but obviously we got to make sure we watch this and go over it. And then, you know, if you guys are do outsourcing your bookkeeping, then you just got to make sure they're doing it the right way. And, and if, you know, if you're not, if you're not getting the numbers accurate or on time, we would love to help you. That's what we do at Rocket Books. We take over bookkeeping on the data entry and stuff for your team. So and again, uh, other- reiterating one last time, do not focus on dollar amounts. You got to focus on percentages. That's percentage to help you allocate a marketing budget. That's percentage to help you determine what is giving you the best return on investment. Like it's all about percentages. It's not about dollar amounts. So you really, really have to focus because if you spend, you know, more money dollars on marketing, um, but you get the return on investment, then that percentage will stay within the benchmark it's supposed to. So again, not about dollar amounts ever. It's always about percentages, even return on investment percentages. Cool. Real, real quick, um, quick question. For a brand new company, is this chart of accounts like a good, I guess, blueprint to start off? If I give my my bookkeeper this list and tell her to set my bookkeeping up as a percentage, is this a good good frame? Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter what your company size is. You want to have the categories, whether you use them or not. If you have them in there, then okay. when you begin to use them, then you'll already have them in there. And also the percentages are not something you set up. It's a it's a report, the way you run your reports. So I highly mm-hmm. recommend to all of you using QuickBooks Online, not desktop. I hate desktop, but use QuickBooks, use QuickBooks Online, and then you can run these reports. Um, it's a lot better to use the online version because of the functionality. And also, should you decide to outsource bookkeeping um, or anything like that, then we or do coaching or anything like that, we then we can access it. You don't have to be on that same desktop to access it, or you're traveling or whatever. You want to act. You want to hop in and look at your numbers from a different location than you have access to because it runs online and not through your computer specifically. Cool. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Vic. You are so welcome. Oh. And it's better to have the categories than to not have them because when you need them, gotcha. you'll want them there. Yeah. So For obviously sure. you can, if there's, if you don't have any of those lines, just leave them blank. Right. So um, yeah, like I said, we, we've got to act like, like a big company at all times and, and my job, right. And, and why you guys are in this group is to help your businesses grow. And, you know, we're going to give you guys the tools, right. But we got to make sure that we got to make sure that we're using them. Right. That is the biggest thing is I can give you guys, everything that everything that's in my brain, I can give it to you, but how do you, who's actually going to take it, take the, you know, take it by the, by the horns and actually go run with it and make it happen is going to be the biggest difference between winning and losing. So we can talk about running a big business. We can talk about wanting to grow. We can talk about all these things, but what's your action saying, right? What are you doing daily? That's driving this number. And what happens, right? When we talk about working on the business and not in the business is that you guys are getting so distracted by everything else that you're not paying attention to this stuff, which is the most important part. So, yeah. uh, and Victor I, I'm and I keep a horse to water, but we can't make them drink guys. You, you got to do the work. I mean, we can lead you all we want, but if you're not actually doing the work to Victor's point, you're never going to be successful period. Cool. So I hope you guys like this, uh, this week's, uh, 
Um, obviously, what we, what we discussed this week, I want to thank Michelle again for coming on and going over some of this information. You guys are going to get, you guys have access to this video, so you're going to be able to rewatch back, you're going to watch this back again if you guys have any questions. Mike will be sending out the email tomorrow with this uh, breakdown of the PL for you guys. If you guys are interested, reach out to Jack for your free uh, financial analysis. We'll get an idea where you guys stand currently. Uh, things, you know, some pointers on that stuff. Uh, but otherwise, if I don't see hear from you guys or see from you guys, uh, happy holidays, you know, happy, you know, Merry Christmas from the Profit Rocket team to you guys. I hope you guys had a great rest of your year. Uh, we're really excited for 2024. If you guys haven't built your budget yet, we have a we only have nine spots available left for a budget building class in January. Uh, well, you're going to come in. You'll spend three days with us in California or a couple of days with yeah. us in California, two days with us in California and build out your budget uh, for 2024. So you guys aren't just shooting dark, shooting in the dark and, and, and at a loss. This isn't a class we can do virtually. It's something that's very hands-on. Uh, our team will be out here, Michelle, Casey, myself, working with you hands-on to actually build a real budget. We're not just giving you a spreadsheet saying, here, figure it out. We're going to help you build it out. And we're going to have you guys will have a playbook to be able to crush 2024. So if you guys haven't got your budget built out yet, uh, reach out. We have nine spots available. We can only do, we can only, we're only taking 10 people uh, for this class just because it's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, but if you guys are interested, if you guys are interested, uh, you can reach out to Jack. He can get you information on that as well. Um, other than that, you guys have a great rest of your night. Thanks again for tuning in. Please, if you guys like this class, go talk about it on social media. Tell people how great it is. Bring more people in. Invite people into the group. I want to get this thing really big. You know, that's more people we can, more people we can impact, more people we can grow together. So thank you guys for, you know, being part of this. Okay. Thank you for, thank you for trusting uh, 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 Michelle and I and Profit Rocket. Uh, we love you guys. I hope you have a great rest of your night.